Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, as you all know, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And noble listener, noble basement dweller, I came into today's show thinking going to be another show. Just going to be another show. And then I open up the old Skype call. I start seeing familiar cast members show up, like Mr. Saturday Night PC Tony. Hello, sir. Live studio audience. Ahoy, ahoy. Chips, ahoy. All right. I also see, welcome in my Hockey Talk compatriot, though I wasn't sure my Hockey Talk compatriot was going to make it today. Uh, The lawyer, David Ungar, he was having, quote, technical difficulty. I think it was just that he's old and doesn't know how to work a computer. But, you know, David Ongar here on site. Technical difficulties is code for hungover. But, you know, and Tony, I think you need to change your name to Mr. Eagle. No more Mr. Nipples today. It's Mr. Eagle today. Eagle has landed. Yes. Yeah, it was a good day yesterday. 
I, I, I've clearly missed something. So I'm going but Dave to... and I separate golf discussion. When I, I want to see how golf. golf's really played. I asked Tony to send me some videos you, and pictures and stuff. So, so are you saying you had an Eagle yesterday in, in your golfing exploits? Is that what I'm understanding? True like story. Shot an Eagle. Excellent. Yes. Well done. But none of that matters. None of that matters because as I come into the call, I see a familiar face, but one that has not been on the bandwagon in literally years. That's right, folks, literally years. But one of the OGs, one of the guys on the bandwagon, the video game expert that we so desperately missed in his absence, the scientist himself has returned. DPP, the source or the direction we send all of your hate. DPP, the scientist himself. Welcome back to the program. It has been a long time. It is Dave's fault. Dave's the one who does it every every week. We'll just we'll throw everybody under the bus. facilitates Dan. Just throwing that out there. Oh, we'll get it. We'll get there. He'll see. We'll get there. The reason I no longer use Twitter, you know, just don't want to be. I just don't want to see those those tweets anymore. You know, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, what started innocently off as a you know a reason to go hang out with my family on Sundays turned into laziness, and then uh, you know years had passed. I moved closer to the family now. Got a new basement. I thought I have to share my basement dwelling experiences with the bandwagon nerds once again. Well, yeah, welcome back, back, fellow basement dweller. If more of the nerds were living in a basement like you have, DP. They'd never come out for any sun or anything. That's closing would be wasted. And if you could tell from my pale everything, <laughs> I work from home. I live in this basement now. So oh, I, the, the only sun I get is the little uh, windows you have in the basement. And that's it. Yeah, uh, little, little basement windows. Those are classic. Guys, guys that's true, by the way. That's true. <laughs> I, I believe it. Dave Ungar, Mr. Lawyer. Um, What episode number are we on? Where are we at now? 187. I 187. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have waited 13 more episodes, huh, man? Could come in on episode number 200. I, come back. I can I can hang up. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you're here now. And, and Ray is, Ray is oh. not. Um, and since Ray's not here and you are here, this is for you. I don't know how much you've kept up with the show in your absence, but we... we um, Ray's kind of it, like when it comes to the booing these days. I do run this show I, with a with an iron fist when I'm here. I do know Ray takes quite a quite a boo beating on the show. So he does. I, 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 I can was appreciate. Ready to, I was ready to fit. Yeah, I was ready to defend him today too, because uh, he uh, he posted he posted something from a reputable source as opposed to Mister Direct over here, who only did it because DJ brought it up, and, and we'll we'll get to we'll get to DJ later. It's a very interesting episode of the bandwagon because we're we we have like the most loaded of loaded trailer parks to to discuss and I even left stuff up. I don't even know if any of these are particularly exciting. I see a lot of sideways thumbs from Tony because he's a uh, he's he's really excited about the last trailer we'll talk about. Uh, we are going to do some we got to talk some Disney news. There's some good Disney news, some bad Disney news, some, some Disney news that Dave was not excited about it all. The strike that we keep talking about, the Writers Guild strike, may add another guild. And yikes. I'm just going to say yikes if that comes to fruition. And we are going to bring back the Deadpool this week because we got a movie that I'm sure at least 
three of us are probably all four of us are going to go see. I don't I don't know. I don't want to speak for DP, but the Flash finally hits theaters, and uh, and so it seems only right that we talk Deadpool in front of a DC film as much as we would in front of a Marvel film, especially this one, which could be a launching pad for so many other films. We'll just have to wait and see. Before we get into any of that, though, before we even go to the trailer park, I know Dave finally saw it. Tony, I'm assuming you haven't yet. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? No. Shame, sir. Now, see, and Ray's not here. Ray's seen it, but you're going to get booed for that. Because, damn it, man, you really need to see this movie. Like, you're like you're like doing this, and damn it, man, you really need to see this movie. It's, so far, it's well, my favorite movie it, of the year. When like, do you think with, unequivocally. When do you think it'll be streaming? When it feels like it. But here's the thing, is you're going to be in the theater to go see The Flash oh, this coming weekend anyway. Double feature. It's Juneteenth weekend. Oh, I'm just saying, no, you have, there's an opportunity that has presented just, itself. No, no, you can, you just won't. I, Don't say you can't. Don't keep, okay. can't is not the I, right answer. You won't. Okay. I'm I'm not going to. Which is unforgivable. But Dave, you caught it. DP, did you go? Have you seen it? I, I, you can boo me as well. No, you're back. You're back after a long. I've seen it yet. So you're, you're, you you get a reprieve. All right, Dave. Thirty minutes. I'm, I'm immune for this episode for thirty minutes. <laughs> yes. So 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 Ungar, what did you think of Across the Spider? Uh, I I liked it a lot. I don't think I liked it as much as the first one, but I thought it was an excellent movie. It's uh. It's visually stunning. It, 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 my wife didn't dig it so much. The animation, it just, I think like sensory overload. Cause like when you're watching it on the big screen, there's a lot going on in certain places and it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I know we saw the first one at home, you know, we bought it on voodoo and watched it, but I, I think the story's excellent. I love all the spider verse characters and, and bringing in, you know, characters that I see on Marvel strike force that now have story behind them, like Spider-Man 2099 spider punk, uh, you know, ghost spider, spider Gwen, whatever you want to call her that scarlet spiders in there for a little bit. So I, I love all the Spider-Man characters. I, I, I like the, um, you know, kind of like the end where you get this twist of things that are going on and, and exactly what's really going on across all these various multiverses. So I, I, I thought the movie was excellent. I is surprisingly long. I mean, two and a half hours for an animated feature. That's pretty damn long. And it's only part one. <laughs> so, uh, but I didn't, I didn't feel like it was two and a half hours. I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was in a theater for two see, and a half like hours. At the end, because I knew there was a cliffhanger. I kept waiting, like, where are they going to stop this? So there are like three points where like, this is it. No. Okay. This is it. No, this is, oh, no. okay. That's it. Uh, so I, I thought it's, a, it's an excellent movie. It's, um, it's got a lot of heart. I don't know about if it has, you know, the the heart that the first one did, but just, you know, the stakes are obviously bigger this time around. Um, but it's a, it's an excellent movie. It's it's you know we talk about DC animation and Marvel kind of lacking with some real quality animation. Uh, that's not the case here. So yeah, I highly recommend. This it. is this is the one Spider Man thing Sony has gotten right. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, like it, 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 like in terms of. In recent years, how's that? In recent years, they, oh, they, think, they think, hit a home run with their one and two. You're fair with the whole. The only thing they've gotten right is, is this. No, I, if you you can't you can't say that Tobey Maguire one and Tobey Maguire two, which were Sony properties, weren't That's good true. films. But it's like I will not I will not bury that hard. But in the last five years, ten years, absolutely without question, it pains me to recognize that you know, Spider Man two 
you know, your favorite Spider-Man film by by most of the most estimations or amongst your favorite. Uh, well, DJ's the one who proclaimed what, 20 it. 20 years old? He proclaimed it the greatest superhero movie of all time. And I'm like, um, that's where I no. get the K. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the same guy who thinks that the Snyder Cut is good. So we'll just, you know, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, but you don't count, dude. You like, you like golf. So anyway. All right. Enough about that. Go see Across the Spider-Verse. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over and over. Because I feel like you should go see Across the Spider-Verse. I feel it is absolutely worth the time. And I think it's worth the money to spend on it to see. Like, I really do. And it is, in my opinion, uh, one of those films that is different. It's going to hit different on a big screen than a small screen. Unless you live in DPP's basement. And then it probably will hit the same. It's the same it's, thing, it's yeah. Tough. Yeah, the the, yeah, the couch has vibrating seat. Whoa. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what you guys do in your own time. Anyway. Get a massage from a couch? Yeah. Happy ending? <laughs> gotcha. All right, Dave, enough of this nonsense. Yeah, Let's it's like, why did I you show up for this? this. You, you missed this, DP, didn't you? You missed I didn't say that the seat. couch had a robotic vagina. Uh, look at that. But I'm chain. Score the man a point. He said his, he got his catchphrase in. All right, Dave. Let's let's end this nonsense. Let's get ourselves over to the trailer park. And there's only one way to do that. And that is for you, Mr. Lawyer, to play that beautiful banjo. Welcome back, everyone, to the Trailer Park. Interesting collection of trailers this week. We start, though, Dave, you talked DC animation. We're going to talk about two different DC animated series that are coming that look to be worlds apart in, in style and tone. But I find both to be very interesting. The first one was a trailer that dropped for a new Adult Swim animated series called My Adventures with Superman. That seems to be taking a, a look at a younger Clark Kent. He's like a teenager, early college intern at the Daily Planet. Uh, everybody's younged up. They don't look like they're even Lois Lane. They don't look like they're full-fledged reporters yet. Uh, and and we're telling this this sort of it's almost a it's a comedic because it's Adult Swim and, and Adult Swim is a lot of comedic animation. Though they do do some um, weirder, harder core stuff and you have some anime out there as well but a lot of what i see from adult swim lately has been has been comedic you're the superman fan mr ungar this take on the superman character and i guess my bigger question is the influences the the comic influences that are that are on that are that are impacting this series do they have anything to do with the james gunn young superman thing that he's talking about putting together or are these going to be worlds apart completely different things I think they'll be worlds apart, completely different. I, I don't see that. That I, I mean, James Gunn is known for his comedy, but this this might be going a little bit too much in that comedic direction. This looks like a little bit of a little tongue in cheek as to uh, 
you know, looking at Superman's secret identity, which it kind of poking fun at the secret of that. And like, oh, that looks like a plane and that sort of thing. And 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 I don't know, it seems more like it just because it's Adult Swim, I'm going to assume it's going to be a lighter kind of variation on the uh, the origin, not the origin story for Superman, but the origins of him at the Daily Planet and, and that sort of thing. So um, it looks fun. I, I, I don't know how tied to the DC universe is going to be or whether Gunn is even given any offered any thoughts on the whole thing or whether he's just gonna be like yeah that's their thing not some else world sort of project sort of thing i don't know but yeah i don't think it'll be tied into his stuff too too stringently making his return to the trailer park to comment on my adventures with superman scientist tpp your thoughts on this sort of comedic take it appears to be on on a superman origin story you guys you know you're talking about the enter the spider verse type of stuff. I mean, I get kind of feel from this, you know, it's a little more light, a little more fun, you know, Superman still seems like Superman's kind of still learning his, you know, how strong he really is, all those different things he can do and how to use them properly, you know, kind of the same. I get that same feel like when miles Morales got, you know, first got his powers there and into the spider verse. I, I kind of feel like they're trying to go with that vibe a little bit. Um, yeah, it definitely looks a lot more lighter, a lot more fun. Uh, just an entertaining take on, on on a different thing that we don't see from DC all the time. So I'm super excited for it when I watched the trailer. I thought it was going to be could be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, definitely interested in it. Um, just yeah, it's a good different get a different vibe from uh, DC from this one. So I like that. Tony, what about you? What do you think? Animated series looks kind of like an anime style of, style of artwork too, like Japanese animation style of artwork, which I, I think is different and unique. But your thoughts on? My adventures with Superman. You know, you kind of <clears throat> been conditioned for the more serious, like older Superman, you know, kind of set and, you know, doing his thing and knowing what's going on. I, I'm not a big fan of this story. Um, I, I like Superman interacting with other superheroes. I don't really in love with the whole Superman, Lois Lane, you know, the, the, the reporter, the Clark Kent side of things. I did like Smallville. And it feels like this is like the time right after Smallville, right? Like he's leaving there, he's gone, and he's now he's trying to get established um, in Metropolis and, and do his Clark Kent thing. So I'm sure people who are fans of Superman are going to enjoy it. I know Dave will probably watch it and let me know how good or bad it is. So um, I don't know. This will probably be a pass for me. I will say I Here's wanted the- to add that, although I don't think it's tied into the James Gunn thing, I do think that over the next several years, we are going to kind of see an attempt at a reimagining of Superman. They, they want to change the narrative and how people like Ray and like my nephew-in-law look at Superman, this goody two shoes. He's boring. He's too OP as the kid, as Dan knows what that is. And the kids would say, um, and, and so they want to get away. Like what? Tony doesn't know what OP stands for. Overpowered power. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, I know. You know, I, I know right. OPP. I just didn't know. OP. No, yeah. no, you know, you me. know me, no, you know DPP. me, Excuse DPP, me. you know me. Um, I do think they're going to try and change kind of the perspective on Superman and how he's viewed by some people and, and maybe make him, I don't know about more relatable cause he's Superman, but uh, just show a little different side of him, a more comedic side, maybe kind of like James Gunn might be looking at trying to make him more like Thor, you know, and how Thor was ultra serious and then got kind of funny. And then of course, even Hemsworth says they went too far. So, you know, that sort of thing. Man, I don't need, I don't need Superman to be a downer, but I, I don't, I, I hope they don't, I hope they don't do that. Like, I, 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 that, that, the thing with DC is Superman or Batman are not where I look to get my, my comedic moments outside of like maybe the dry wit sort of stuff. 
I really, I really want as bad as it sounds. I want the Flash to be funny. Like I want, I want, I want Cyborg to be kind of funny. Same thing with Wonder Woman. I don't need Wonder Woman to be anything more than a little wry. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here's the other thing that's really interesting about this series is even if you don't feel like catching it on Adult Swim, you can catch it the next day on Max. So it will be available for streaming basically right after it airs on HBO. Or, I don't know, sorry, on Adult Swim, on Cartoon Network. So there is that. That could be very interesting to catch. You know, even if you, if you don't want to make an appointment television, it'll be there relatively quickly for you to see. We're going to stay in the DC animated universe for our next trailer, though. But again, and this one also has Superman in it. But we are going to a, a very different feeling trailer this time. We'll start with Tony and his reflection on this one. We got a trailer for Justice League War World, which is the next DC animated feature that's going to be ready, direct to home for people to catch. It's not going to be in the theaters. Notable. Because it is the first, according to the trailer, the first R-rated Justice League animated feature. And what I found really interesting is there was nothing in that trailer that told me that what I was seeing was going to be, you know, R-rated. So I do kind of wonder what that all means. Because you got to remember, we've, especially there's been some, some of the Batman stories that they just, they did the killing joke not too long ago, wasn't R-rated. Like, how... What buttons are we pushing? And I don't know the world world story. Again, I'll, we'll have Dave go last this time around. If he's got some lore to maybe back this up and tell us what this is. It, it appears that Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman have been thrust into different, either different universes, but definitely different time periods for certain that, that they're, they're stuck in and need to get out of. It, it looks interesting. I don't know if I'm more interested in the story or what they're going to do to push the envelope to, to get it to be a, quote, R-rated DC animated film. Tony, what about you? What say you to this trailer, which, like I said, radical departure from my adventures? This I like. You know, I, I like superhero team-ups. You know, give me the Avengers, give me the Justice League, what, whatever you got to do, right? Um, from what I read, it looks like they were kidnapped, and the three of them were kidnapped and transported to a some new weird world or something. And they find a way to find each other. And I think they end up leading the planet to, you know, getting rid of what's going on and helping out the, that planet or something. I, I'm not sure. But I'm looking forward to this. Like you said, the adult thing, it's rated R. What? Why? What is it? Is there going to be sexual overtones? Is there going to be, like, rampant violence with gore and blood? But for a cartoon, though, like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm thinking more adult themes in the nature, and I'm I'm not sure what that kind of entails. You know, maybe uh, it's Wonder Woman, right? Is is she getting like harassed or something? Uh, you know, is is uh, it, there's got to be something there to get this R rating, and it's got to be more than just I mean, you yeah. know displaying graphic violence in a cartoon. I, I wondered if it was going to yeah, I wonder if it was going to go the route of like Invincible, right? Like, and the sort of stuff we saw in Invincible on Amazon because that that was graphic animated. DP, well, what about that you? And, you know, the three way in the shower and everything else. So. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. But is it Invincible? What is this? <laughs> you never uh, seen Invincible? No, no. I guess I missed Dude, that check one. out Invincible uh, on Amazon Prime. All right. It's the boys right, in a cartoon. Right. I like it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's it is on my list. I totally forgot about it. Okay. Yep. Uh, for, yeah, War World, this one looked really, really interesting. You know, I kind of got. I got the vibes of like, you know, like an Indiana Jones type of thing for Wonder Woman. 
you know, it felt like that, you know, watching some of the video there and uh, like Superman's in like this Conan, the barbarian type of world and uh, <laughs> Batman's doing almost like a film noir type of thing. I think like it, like the black and white or whatever. Like I was kind of, I think like it fits those characters a little bit too. Like, you know, it just, it would just work for them, you know, whatever way they, they, they take this thing. And yeah, I don't know if there's any, you know, he's got any further background on it, uh, but it, it looks really interesting. I don't know what they're going to do as far as rated R. It's you guys, you know, it just seems like the only thing you could tell from the trailer really is that they made, maybe they make it a little gory or whatever, but you know, I don't know what else they'd really put in there besides that, but it's definitely got to be enough to make it rated R. You said it's direct going to be what straight to max likely, right? Uh, or available to purchase. Like, you, okay. you know, it's going to be one of those things you're going to show up to Walmart one day and it's going to be, so it's not going to be the a theaters. new release July 25th. Yeah. It's Direct not going to be DVD. I would imagine it's gotta be, it's gotta be streaming somewhere. I mean, do you think that they did that to catch more people's attention? Cause it's not going into theaters. I mean, I'm not sure. Like it's, it's really interesting. There are like, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the characters that pop up in here, but, um, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I think that, if there's one thing that we've always talked about as being strong from from Warner Brothers animation was was their their quality of DC property, like in the way that they've made really strong animated films. I don't know that it needed to go rated R, but for whatever reason, this one does. Dave, do you have anything on World War World, or is this one of those where we need to get Ray Cash involved and be like, dude, what's up? I don't know about the story war world. This has elements of what feels like uh final crisis and the aftermath of that. I mean, like the brute, the Batman stuff looks straight out of uh, the return of Bruce Wayne after Batman sacrifices himself to beat. Uh, I think it's either dark side. I think in the, in final crisis um, wonder woman is in the old West with Jonah hex because he's in this thing. Um, so that that's going on. You've got Lobos in this thing. So that's going to be like, okay, you got Mongol. So there's some well-known Superman villains, some big heavy hitters. You've got uh, Matt Bomer, who I think is Larry Trainer, negative man from uh, from Suicide Squad. Right. I believe that's who plays that. He's the old man. I don't know who that is. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like kind of almost when they say War World, Pat, I mean, Battle World kind of jumps to the front of my mind here. Here, until now, the Justice League has been a loose association of superpowered individuals, but when they're swept away to War World, a place of unending, brutal, gladiatorial combat, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the others must somehow unite to form an unbeatable resistance able to lead an entire planet to free. So it's Justice League Secret Wars is what it sounds like, Pat. It really does. Right. Well, and I'm sitting there, I was like, I'm on a, I'm on a different one. I'm on the Collider article, and it, it actually says that this film is not based on any specific DC storyline. World World and the dreaded Mongol are major cornerstones in the universe. Outside the, the comics, the planet has appeared in many TV shows, movies, and games, including the iconic Justice League animated series. So this what is, I, yeah, this seems to be... What I read isn't from the comics. It's the synopsis of the movie coming out. Yeah, I got, right. I got I'm looking at the same thing. It does... Yeah, yeah I mean, like I said, it, it's got elements of... Uh, they're borrowing loosely from other properties or other uh sources in the dc universe but this does look like and they've done this before dc animation has done a lot of these kind of original stories um and and you hear the common refrain like even in the in the comments for the trailer it's the same thing we've always said why can't the live action be as good as the animation because the animation is tremendous and um this looks like another 
in the long line of just great DC animated features. So if it is DC's version of Secret Wars, I'm doubly in because, yes, let's see how that turns out. Looks like it might be. It looks like it might be just um, I saw a few more things as well. It is based on some comics that were 2021. It's just brand new uh, story. So it's, you know, so it is definitely it's based on something, but um, it might be yeah, like DC's answer to Secret Wars uh, that's brand new written for them. Yeah. Hey, I I will say this. Um, it's hard. It's hard to bet against these. So I, I think it'll I think it'll be worthwhile. And Tony, to answer your question, I would assume it will show up on Max in as a streaming service thing. Is that's the that's the hub, right? That's where like most of those DC oh, yeah. properties show up. So I would go with that. We're going to shift gears and head over to a different streaming service now. This is a show I'll I'll totally own because I'm willing to bet nobody else on this call saw Good Omens when the first season dropped back in. Oh yeah, see no Tony. Yeah, DP, you saw it. I was I was a fan of Good Omens. I I was I really enjoyed. Excellent. I was I was I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, and because I'm pleasantly surprised, and because you're back here, this is for you. There you go. I know Dave didn't watch it. Yes, he just uh, yeah, just shake your Tony, I'm gonna text so, you during this. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Again, I'm gonna recommend golf. you check it out. Dave, I think you would enjoy it. You like Neil Gaiman. This is Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett working work together on, on a novel, the novel first, Good Omens, which is basically what the se- first season is all based on. I'm really interested to see where we're going with season two is the Angel Gabriel is in hiding. Um from heaven and everyone is and so the basic story and i'm gonna mess up the names uh but basically we have an angel uh who's basically like a fallen angel who's kind of ostracized from heaven and a devil who are best friends and they both live on earth the angel lives uh works like lives and works at a bookstore uh and the the devil demon is he's like this horrible influence he's played um god damn it i'm gonna forget david Tennant plays the the devil it's like azazel or azrael or something like that crowley azrafel uh, and crowley azrafel and crowley azrafel is the the angel uh, but they're like best friends and in the first in the first uh season they're preventing the they, they're working together to prevent the apocalypse but they kind of did it like it's their fault uh and so it's it's and it's a comedy like it's really funny the way they go terry pratchett of course uh and so season two looks to be more of the same um to uh who plays Azafel? Um what's what's his name? He was in um uh, I don't think I have actors' names. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Michael I'm Sheen. Gonna Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, yes. Uh two terrific actors and a, the uh, the cast is that a Sheen Sheen? No, no, no. Michael Sheen, you would recognize uh, him maybe. Not, what would you know? It's not not like Miguel Estevez or anything? No. No, he's a he's a British actor. Emilio <laughs> Sheen is actress Emilio. Emilio. No, Michael Michael Sheen would be Miguel Estevez. No, Michael Sheen. Um, as I click on him to to rattle off some of his other famous roles, um, he was in Frost Nixon. He plays David Frost. Where you guys all, of course, remember that movie. He was in The Sandman as a voice. Uh, his voice is Lynn there. He's he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a he's a He's a really good actor, and he was great in uh, season one as as Raphael. I'll go to I'll go to DP first since he's really anticipating this, and we know we really probably don't need to ask Tony any questions or or Dave because 
even though I think that Dave would like the series and should check it out because you like the game, like Terry Dave. Pratchett, you should really watch it. DP, what do you, what did you think of this trailer? And John Hamm is the Angel Gabriel, which is just awesome too. It's hilarious! I loved when I saw Gabriel come down and it's freaking John Hamm. Uh, just fantastic! Another great addition Wrapped to the sheet. cast for sure. Wrapped in a sheet. Uh, it seems like yeah, he's wrapped, de- like he's did he lose his memories or what? Like he, I don't think he remembers. Yeah, it's like he doesn't know who he is or anything like that. He's so confused. Um, and I'm trying to find the other because there's another angel who's like been tasked to like find him, and yeah, she's terrible at it. Like she just sort of believes she what Azrael tells her, and it's delightful. Um, yeah. And but, she uh, doesn't know how to interact with anybody in the world and dressed up, tried to dress up as a cop or at all white and like, <laughs> like clearly not going to blend in. And that's definitely going to be part yeah. of this uh, comedic figuring out how to get uh, Gabriel back to heaven, it seems like. And uh, having Crowley go like that. One of the parts of the, the trailer there, Crowley's up and uh, got up to heaven and is trying to blend in the same opposite way. You know, it's a demon up in heaven and, waiting for all hell to break loose when they figure out who he is and just and it really doesn't yeah. even take it long seems like life. the same stuff as yeah it seems like a lot of the same as the first season you know in that in that type of what of trying to do a comedy of errors type of stuff and uh you know should be entertaining i actually tried to re- i tried to read the book after watching one uh and i couldn't read it like there's so much stuff into it it's so like i don't know like watching the show was fun. much easier to trying to read yeah. it was not <laughs> yeah, it's a very here. Here are some other folks that are going to be making appearances. Um, I don't know if they're uh, th- some of these guys were in the first season, so not in the second season. But go back and check out like Brian Cox plays Death in in the first season. Uh, how great is that? Uh, I yeah, I can't I can't say enough good things without spoiling it. Dave, please go watch it. Please. This sounds like a lighter version of Preacher. I mean, you know, you're talking about angels leaving heaven, coming to earth, and and that's sort of scenario that happened in Preacher, isn't it? Kind of, but not really, because he's such a he's such a like a worry wart and a prude. Like you gotta watch it. Like I can't. It's really hard to describe. It's not as light. Like we, I think we, right? We might call it a little lighter, but it's dark. It's darker light. I don't know how to per- describe. Right, like light. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse do show up in season one. Like it, it gets. It yeah. gets pretty dicey. Somebody cue Metallica's Four Horsemen. There you go. Uh, maybe anything to get you to watch this. Tony, I think you should watch it too, but I'm going to not pressure you the same way I would pressure Dave. I expect more from Dave, uh, especially since he was such a big fan of the Sandman. <laughs> Tony, low expectations. I just, I just know, I just know what I'm getting into and who to really kind of work that with. All right, let's get into a movie that nobody asked for. We got a trailer. Because because these movies and here's why this movie this, here's why this movie was made kids because they're relatively inexpensive at the end of the day to make and will turn a profit. We have found our fourth Expendables film is hitting theaters because reason. DP is shaking his head. Here here here's the thing, guys. Regardless of how you feel about it, explosions like it's just going to be ridiculous, over the top explosions, wanton violence, Jason Statham beating people up, Sylvester Stallone. Trying to act like he's 27. It's it's gonna be great. Meg, Megan Fox, isn't it? Like, because again, reasons. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, but she's there. I don't think she and reaches so like, the age right. requirement. Well, she she does now. Um, 
I guess. I don't. I don't know what's going oh, no. on here. She but, does. It's not an age thing. It's like a time lapse thing since you were last like meaningful, and she hasn't been meaningful for a long fucking time. Oh wow! You know, such hate on Megan Fox. I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. Yeah, that's but what I was gonna say. The, the, re- the reason she looks good. Beyond that, it's hard to find redemption. I'm sure Jason. She's Statham actually. Oh, I would. I would. I would redeem her. You have but. the scene they were involved in. Kids, if you'd stop holding the Transformers movies against her, you would see that Jennifer's Body is a hell of a movie that she did a great job in. But, you know, if I there's digress. anything I'm going to hold against her, it's certainly not going to be that. Oh, geez. See, the movie's told, not even about I that. I told you, you had a beautiful oh, body. Would you hold it against me? Anyway, all right. So let's talk <laughs> about this movie that nobody needed and nobody asked for, and yet we got. We, we do have. So just look. let's talk about the cast. We got Jason Statham back in his role as Lee Christmas. We got 50 Cent playing Easy Day. We got Dolph Lundgren back as Gunnar Jensen. We've got Tony Ja, who I loved 20 years ago in Ong Bak. <laughs> we got Iko Uwai, uh, another great martial artist, uh, stunt guy, tons of movies that he's been in. Randy Couture back. Just, let's see. I think that's enough. Mike Moeller's playing some guy named Jumbo Shrimp. So we got he's got that going for him. Tony, I'm not going to go see this in the theater. I don't think you're going to go see this in the theater. I don't think anybody's going to see this in the theater. But 3 o'clock in the morning, after drinking heavily on, a, on, on TBS, part of a marathon, maybe? I, what's the one Stone Cold? Reeve, Keanu Reeves isn't in it, so you got that going for you. Oh, well, then, no. Um, Stone, Cold, <laughs> Stone, Stone Cold was what, in the second one? I believe he was in the second one. Andy Garcia is in this for some reason. After that, yeah, the sec- the first one, it was cool because it was like, oh my goodness, all these different you know action heroes are going to do one movie together. That was cool. And then the second one, I'm like, oh, fucking Steve Austin. And then didn't even know they really did a third one and not really oh, wait. about the fourth Here's one. how terrible we are. Steve Austin was in the original. Okay, then I really didn't give a shit after the first one. Uh, you can ask one of the other guys how they feel. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, you're not going to go see this movie. I love the cast. And I mean, I'm as big as Sylvester Stallone Mark is the next guy. But yeah, after the first couple of ones is like, I don't like you, Tony. I'm like, was there a third one? I missed that. Now we're on to four. There is a third one. Yeah. All right. If you say so. I yeah, I I think, Pat, your example, three o'clock in the morning, heavy night of drinking. Nothing else is on here. It is free and clear. Okay, sure. I'll check it out. I mean, in the third one, for some reason, we had to cast Kelsey Grammer in a role. So I, I guess now I got to go watch that. He plays a character called Bonaparte. Expendable Street. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Antonio Antonio Banderas is in that one. Harrison Ford's in that one. Mel Gibson's in the third one. Oh boy! Actually, the third one has like the most impressive cast. Like look at Wesley Snipes. Schwarzenegger was still in it. Um, Terry Crews was in it. Sounds like all the major actors. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey was in it. So anyway, so there's that. That's Expendables three. Um, I'm sure there were tons of explosions. Do you know where you can New find Jack Ronda- City? You can find Ronda Rousey right now on Stars on Mars Mondays on Fox. What a great show! Oh, nice. I knew you were going to bring that back. I think Batista was in the Expendables too. Oh, Chuck when Morris. Do they have, when do they have? When do they get a mashup? Uh, Expendables and Fast and the Furious, so we can get like Fast and Expendable or something, and. We can have like a Days of Thunder scene where they're in the wheelchairs because they can't run anymore. Furiously fighting each other with that. And we have some explosions in the background. Furiously expendable, yes. Furiously expendable. Yeah, yeah. Too old, so they can't be furious. About, 
probably more grumpy. Something about like an exploding family or something like that. It'll be great. Um, okay. Last one. Just this, got this. Exploding family. I just got it. Name of today's episode. Exploding family. All right. This last trailer, Tony has been clamoring for Dave for months upon months because kids Netflix finally gave us a full trailer for the Witcher season three. You sons of bitches. I'm back in. I was back in anyway. Tony's full in like you can see it in his face. And, and before you say it, yes, there's a lot of Yennefer in the trailer. I know she's hot. Blah, blah, blah. Sex object. Women are only objects to you guys. You're terrible. Um, I think the trailer looks good and interesting. I also liked season two. So I, I'm going to, you know what? You guys shit all over it. Um, Tony shit all over it. And then we'll go to Dave, who will not shit all over it. And then we'll go to DP. DP, did you watch the first two seasons of The Witcher? I can't even remember if you were on the show when we reviewed Absolutely the damn Absolutely, I did. I think you reviewed the show with us, maybe. <laughs> DP, <laughs> did you watch the third season uh, of Lock and ooh. Key? I just want to know. I did not yet. It is on. Don't. Okay. You don't have to. Don't, you don't, don't, have to. don't put it on just the list. Just don't. Oh. Fantastic. Like, uh, like we, we sat on these airwaves, these internet airwaves, and we're like, we're seeing it through because Patrick's making us, but this is bad. Like, it was really bad. I was not a fan of the ending of season two for sure. So I was, yeah. Yeah, don't. Just don't spare yourself. Take it off of your list. Just mark it off now. Fantastic. uh, Across the Spider Verse. Okay with that. All right, Tony, shit on this, shit on this series. Go. Get it out of your system. I like the trailer mainly because they ended it with um, uh, I forget the fucking names of these people because last year, the last season, I didn't. Oh, the actual Witcher. What's his name? Geralt. Geralt. And then what's his like uh, and his and his little comic relief boy? The Bard. Yeah, him and the Bard. They end it with Jesper, right? Isn't that his name, Pat? Jesper. Jesper. I mean, you know, just. Don't make the storyline so unbelievably, incredibly serious and hokey. Make it funny and fun, and give me lots of Yennefer because Yennefer is yum yum yum. <sighs> Whatever, like you're not. Maybe she's shows, single. Oh, you're not hoping she shows up. Like you know, this season you want to see him. I I love the characters. Wonderful characters. <laughs> characters. Is that what characters. you call them? That's what lots of character <laughs> development. Boy, hey, honey, right. look at the character on that girl over there. Great so, set of characters. Here, here's the here, here's something that we got to do this season though, is we got to trans we got to transition from Henry Cavill, Dave's man crush. No, to we're not. The other do we have to keep covering this with the other idiot. Come on. If the season is good, we're gonna keep going. Fucking a. I hope this season sucks. No, you don't. You want to be deep down, Tony. You want to be entertained. Like you, you want to enjoy something. So if you enjoy it, you're gonna be okay with the season four, Dave. Your thoughts on the season three trailer outside of Yennefer's Pretty? Uh, that's an understatement, but uh, I think uh, the the trailer looks it looks good. I mean, this looks I, I, this this had a feel more of like season one. I did I like season two. I'm like you, Pat. I didn't hate season two at all. I thought it was it was it was a solid season. It just got a little deep in certain places, and Yennefer's quest for her power they stretched that out a bit too much. But otherwise, I thought season two was fine. Um, this feels more like a season one sort of thing where Siri is clearly being mentored by Yennefer. Um, Yennefer and Geralt's relationship is is looks to be deepening and they seem to be getting closer. You've got Yespers with them. So this feels very first season-ish. You've got some cool monsters. They've got like the one that looks like one of the battle droids from Phantom Menace. 
except you know instead of armor it's got like a scale like when you have the roly polies when you touch them Dude, and I, that, i'm sorry bug. that that was the thing is when that thing rolled out i was like wait they're fighting a pill bug like i i, I kind of actually of the trailer moments i was like okay okay right pill bugs have been nothing but dangerous all our lives all our lives terrified of them but uh yeah, I mean, season three is here. Who knows what the hell happens with season four and and how I'm as curious as anybody to see how they transition, if they pull it off at all remotely, what happens to Geralt, how do they write him off, that sort of thing. So, but from what I've seen so far, um, yeah, it looks it looks like a solid season and I'm I'm here for it. Mr. Mr. Scientist, your thoughts, sir. Yeah, I think I think I've from what I've seen in here, that's it seems like there's gonna be a lot more battles you know hopefully that's that's the case here too a little less quest building and a little more fighting we get to see siri actually you know using some powers yeah you guys said you know yennefer looks like she's kind of training her a little more on top of what Geralt did in the in season two helping her learn how to fight a little more and now you're seeing like her come to full power probably by the end of the season and um, seeing all them working together a lot more mad a lot more of that stuff and just a lot more battles. Um, I'm hoping to see that, you know, just again, I think this is going to be more of a builder for Siri to become the, to the full power, her, her full potential. We're going to get to see that at the end of this. And, yeah, however they end up writing off Geralt or whatever will certainly be interesting. Um, but it's, yeah, these I, I always, I've liked both seasons. I thought they're, these are a lot of fun. These are, uh, you know, just different from normal stuff we see. So I, I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this one starting up for sure. Yes or no question. By the beginning of season four, Siri is the Witcher. Tony. Well, I thought Hemsworth was coming in to be the new Witcher. So your answer is no. Gotcha. No, no. I don't know. Sure. Yes. No. Well, Maybe. No. no. Solid. David Ungar. She will be a Witcher. I don't know about the Witcher. And you get that at the end of this trailer where she's telling Geralt we're witchers, and he's like, "Are we?" And you know that sort of thing. So, all right, so that's two for a. two on evading the Got question. Yeah, card. Five main events on the card. Uh, awesome. DP, <laughs> is Siri the Witcher? No. Yes or no? See, see how she hard that was. The okay. Sorry, and my I'm phone back. just answered my question. But it's serious. That over there. This, this felt she like was, this felt like that scene from my cousin Vinny, where the judge is asking for the plea, and he's like, and everybody keeps talking and instead of giving the answer. Can you ask Siri for the answer? Siri, are you the Witcher? You should ask her and see what she says. I will. I'll get around to that. I just tossed my phone away from the from the table, because uh, she is not a part of the program. Tossing his and phone. The and he's on the out episode. Of your mouth are guilty. If the next two words out of your mouth are guilty or not guilty. We're going to have Rome. You'll be in contempt. Siri, are you the Witcher? Siri, are you the Witcher? I won't respond to that. She's not giving away anything. She said I won't respond wow. to that. Wow. That's, that that's that sounds like a yes to me. All right. We're going to go into our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start talking some news around the Nerdosphere. We got a bunch of Disney news and a little bit of DC news as well. To start off, you're going to catch all of that and more. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Cheershot Radio Network, a part of the Cheershot.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back everyone to Bandwagon Nerds here, Chairshot Radio Network, Chairshot.com. I'm here joined with the returning DPP. PC Tony and David Ungar, we are going to talk some news around the nerdosphere, and we're going to start with some sad news. I, I guess sad news isn't really the right way to describe this. This is just furthering of a new story we've been covering for quite some time, as we've known that Disney was going to be making some cuts because they're trying to, to, to clean house. That's what Bob Iger said they were going to do, cutting billions of dollars off their budget. And that meant that there was going to be some staffing people who lost their jobs. Just no other way to describe it. And Pixar is going is is part of that uh, that culling, if you will, as it was announced this week that amongst the job cuts from Pixar, Galen Sussman, who was kind of quote unquote the savior of Toy Story two, along with 70-some other staffers from the studio were let go. Now, this is the first, per this article that I'm reading from io9, this is the first job cuts from Pixar in a decade, as it hasn't had anything like this happen since 2013 after The Good Dinosaur. So there have been a lot of, uh, of disappointments in the box office for Pixar in the last few years. And we've talked about it here on the show that Pixar hasn't felt like the same quality of, of entertainment. They seem to be leaning a little bit more on properties that exist currently, as opposed to really doing some new things, you know, maybe outside of like Coco, um, which was a, you know, it was a terrific story, but it seems like they've really been struggling. So I, what to make of this, you know, and, and there's also no secret that there, there seems to be a, a weird sort of, begrudging respect slash contempt from Disney towards Pixar. And then we make these cuts. Is, is this something worth noting or is this just kind of the price we pay in the land of kind of restructuring and fixing our budget? We'll start with uh, Dave this time around. The latter. I think it's just, a, think it's so? a, I, I just think it's, it's, um it's company wide. I don't think anybody is safe at Disney right now. They're, they're in slash and hack mode and, and they're trying to get as lean and mean as they can. And I know we say tongue in cheek, joking around. It's to finance a lawsuit against DeSantis. They don't need that, but they do have their duty to their shareholders. Iger clearly thinks that, um, they were too fat in a lot of places. And that was causing a lot of bleed and a lot of loss 
of profitability. And so, yeah, their love-hate relationship notwithstanding, Pixar is going to feel the hammer fall as well as everybody, every other aspect of Disney. So I don't think it's anything, you know, Disney, if Disney had just cut them and nobody else was getting the ax, that'd be one thing. But this seems to be company wide for, for these guys right now. So that's unfortunate, but just no one is safe. I know one person who's safe. Iger. Maybe. Kevin Feige. Well, yeah. Feige ain't yeah, Feige's not going anywhere. I mean, I, yeah, none of, the, none of the yeah. guys at the tip top of the pyramid are going anywhere. Favreau's safe, guys like that. You know, DP, what do you think this will actually mean for Pixar? Do you think we see a shift in philosophy, maybe a change in direction of film? Uh, probably not. I mean, they might try to get some people in there that have some newer ideas, maybe to, like you said, you know, they're kind of leaning on older stuff or, you know, re, you know, stuff that they're used to that they know work and the new ideas that they've been trying to put out there just aren't doing anything, aren't working, at least the last few. And, you know, Maybe they bring in a few people to, you know, help try to come up with some new ideas. But I think it's, I feel like for a while here, it's just going to be still the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it's a formula that's worked. I guess it's a formula that's worked. You know, it's every time, you know, you start off with a sad part of the story and work your way into the entertaining part. And, you know, you keep going from there. But I, I just think they need a, they need a new story to build on and, and not use the old stuff, like you said. But I, I think as far as, philosophy and storytelling it's still going to be the same from what i from what i think that's fair yeah i just i really hope this means that they'll stop leaning on their their current properties because do we I, we're getting a toy story five or six or something i don't even know what like why yeah are we getting this tony what do you think of this purge other than billionaires yeah <laughs> i'm sorry for the people that lost their job that's never a good thing you know to go from a stable situation to a moment of you know lack of better word in instability not knowing what your future is going to hold i'm sure they'll be all right it's a lot of talented people but yeah like you guys said maybe it's a combination of telling the story in the same way and then relying on your you know your cash cows a little bit too much like we don't we didn't need light year we didn't you know we don't need all this extra stuff Make, give me something new you know what i'm saying so if if burning down the forest brings new growth that's better and greener then i'm all for it i do think it's funny you bring up Lightyear because that is the only toy story property that the little o'dowd enjoyed i'm not saying yeah, it's which not, i find fascinating it, it it wasn't a it wasn't a success by 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 oh no not pro- not at all i i just like because my kid is going to be anti-establishment for the rest of his life he's gonna he's gonna be the one hipster who when people oh, talk about the toy story he's gonna be like well lightyear was actually the superior film and i can and here's why you're wrong like that's gonna be my kid so i i guess i'm i'm comfortable with that um dave you mentioned um you you, you mentioned trimming the fat and and DP talked about doing something new and, and, and new directions creatively. And then we get this other article where it was reported on June 5th. Uh. According to Walt Disney Pictures president, Disney has 50 live action movies in the pipeline. Now, Dave, when Dave saw this headline, he immediately went, oh my God, no more live action Here's, here's the thing about that statement and that headline. It's designed to get that reaction out of you because it heavily implies that it's nothing but animated features that they're turning to live action. Now, if you read the article, that's not entirely true. It's live action films in general. So, yes, some of them are 
live action adaptations of existing Disney properties. They have made it no, they, they've made no bones about it that they are doing that. We already know that in addition to The Little Mermaid, which did pretty well and was reviewed pretty well, um, that was happening. And they're they're heading towards live action takes on Moana, Lilo and Stitch, Hercules, Snow White. They're coming. However, there's also some other film franchises that are being revisited. There's also some prequels. I, I we're getting a uh, we're getting a, a, a Lion King prequel because reasons called Mufasa. So uh, I guess so we'll do that. We're gonna re they're, they're restarting the Pirates of the Caribbean series. That seems to be another priority. So there's a lot going on here. Tony, fifty live action films. You're gonna catch all fifty of them in 3D, right? I first of all, you if you do pirates, you got to do a different story because you don't have Johnny Depp. Then that doesn't work for me. Second of all, yes, Lion King, my favorite animated movie ever. I'm all about whatever Lion King is, and if we can do pre the original Lion King story about show me scar getting his scar obviously that's wrapped up in mufasa who was king before mufasa let's let's break it down backwards right and i'm okay with that and you can even have some of the tertiary characters in the film that you know rafiki rafiki's got to have some kind of big history there too so i'm all in the lion king rikishi oh man we get you in that stink face you're in trouble brother um here's the thing though I, I don't know necessarily that I want to see all this other stuff redone. Um, the things that I would like to see redone are maybe like some of the fairy tale kind of Disney stories. Not so much things we've seen lately, but if you go back to some older stuff, like an original kind of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves live action would be kind of cool, right? You could do the Cinderella live action again. I just don't want to see your classic cartoons all getting taken and put into real life live action. It, it's just not something I'm looking for. Select few. I know Patrick said it's not all that, but it sounds like a majority of it's going to be that way, Dave. I guess. I mean, <laughs> if you're saying by live action that we're including the MCU movies under that live action umbrella and series that I'm like, okay, but yeah, I just, I have not, I've not been able to get into the live action remakes of the, of the, um, animated stuff um it's not old man yells at cloud i'm just like i don't i just i don't care about it you know i and and i love the animated stuff so why would i why would i i guess but yeah i just i haven't been into the uh the remakes and stuff not that they're bad they're, they all seem pretty good i just haven't been interested yet so um i like tutty's idea some of the some of the earlier stuff although most of that's probably been done by now live action remakes well, here's the Here's the here's the thing too. A lot of it, like not a lot of it, but like a lot of what we know from those Disney stories we're talking about, they kind of want to give a modern day take on it and basically, you know, color it up a little bit, give it give it a little more cultural significance. I didn't mean the specific color of the people's skin, no, but no. I meant inclusion is necessary. Well, I don't think we're going to get a song of the South oh, live Patrick, action remake. Should, so <laughs> that's not pot, happening. Pot. Patrick, we don't even do pot as war anymore. I've been buried for a long time. That's I'd like fair, to go, you know fair. what an old Disney series I'd like to see them revisit would be like Witch mountain. That'd be kind of cool if they kind of modernize. Oh, that. I could get, I could get behind that. Something wicked this week comes. Let's remake that movie. I think it was rather, than, rather than bring the animated what? stuff to life. Let's like look at some of the stuff that was from the sl- late seventies, early eighties that could be done, um, better now, you know, that would be fun if they wanted to do something different. Do you mind if I ask a question quick, Patrick, 
what what uh what did you guys think of the like light comparison of that the fact that the lion king has potential to be like star wars epic saga because that was in that article i like i get I don't it know because character wise and of expansive universe that you could dip into but like that's really right. a weird comparison right it is, it is kind of an interesting way to, to 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 describe it, especially when you look at the Lion King as Hamlet with animals, uh, and where do you go from there? But you know, I think there there's a continuity that they can create and something they can run. I mean, hell, they have sequels to the animated Lion King again, direct to video. That's huge business for Disney. Like it's been like, did you know there's a Mulan trilogy, or maybe it's only two. But like, why? Like, but we got Mulan too. We got Mulan three. She's left-handed. But Mulan's left-handed. I, I'm I'm cool with that too. By the way, that's a, a live-action remake that I didn't hate uh, out of, out of the collection. I thought Mulan the the Mulan live-action remake was was quite good. Yeah, I'm changing like, this. None of them are bad. They're just either you're into it or you're not. Dave Dave hates new things. DP. Well, and- <laughs> can we not get uh, can we not get the kids to the you know theater for the performing arts or something and see some musicals where it's to be live and you know we have to do it i don't know we don't have to do live action movies all the darn time they, like a lot of mu- the musicals they fit in right there perfectly and you know to me it seems like that's more of the place for these i don't know i just seeing these turning them into live action ones for me just doesn't doesn't do it i mean i'm, I'm obviously i'm here here's my grumpy old man uh segment well, Right. These are being made about for this. the same. These are being made for the same reason Expendable Four is being made. They're gonna make yes. some of this. Yeah. So yeah. That's it. it. All right. Like, all right. Oh, oh, oh. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was gonna say. I think the live action, the the remaking of the animated stuff was was in vogue because they were taking animated stuff and they had this CGI technology, which was still kind of new when they first started this, and it was cool seeing them bring this stuff to life. But now you know, the technology has been out there for so long. It's like, well, what are we really trying to accomplish or prove by making this live action? Well, I'm going to push back on that. The only reason, yes, it is any movie that any studio puts out. They, they don't put out a film and be like, you know, I hope this doesn't make money. Like, like the people who made the movie, the 13th warrior starring Antonio Banderas didn't set out to lose a hundred million dollars. I like they did. Did you like that movie? I enjoyed it too. It I lost a hundred million dollars. So oh, well. I mean, I own it. It's in my cabinet of DVD. So I, I feel think like I bought it for a dollar. But you know, since I like but, that, I feel like a rich person. Like they spent the hundred million for me to enjoy it. There you go. But the other yeah. thing about this is something yes. that Tani alluded to that is one hundred percent true and can be seen in the reaction videos of children of color watching the little mermaid trailer this is also a piece uh, a big piece of this is to start putting out children's entertainment that's representative of people other than a, for the second week in a row a panelist of four white middle-aged guys like we like we're not the audience so dave i i i've done this all the time like dave i give you a hard time about this but like you you're, you shouldn't be interested in it it's not for you it wasn't made for you like Steamboat Willie isn't coming back, and you were around when that thing debuted. I mean, congratulations! That's right, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think I think in that respect, you're you're absolutely right. They're trying to you know appeal to a different audience, and that's that's fine. That's great. I I have I have nothing against the live action stuff. It's just not something I'm 
interested in, and that's fine. I'm like you're saying, I'm not the target and, audience. And exactly. And, and that's okay. And so, yes, while I do think that money is 100% a part of it, being able to cling to their piece of the intellectual property is another big part of it. The other part of it is, is about doing some, some more representative telling of these tales. I mean, they did it with the Peter Pan thing where, you know, Tiger Lily is way less racist. The Native American, you know, the Native people that live in, in Neverland, way less racist. They just call it what it is. So there is that. La- uh, I'm going to move on to our next our next topic. Tony, let's start with you. I'm sure that you are pleased to see that Anthony Mackie will be able to continue practicing with his Captain America shield. Throw a very nice background, by the way. Throwing his uh, throwing his shield against gym mats on trees. But we finally have a title for the upcoming fourth Captain America film. Captain America. Oh, my God. I already lost it. A Brave New World. Right. Brave New World. Brave New, new World. World Order. Captain no. America. Brave. Brave New World. New World Captain Order. Captain America. Sorry. No, no, no. Captain America. Brave New it's World. a new world. Yes, it is. We, we, we got a tweet. We did. Absolutely. We got a tweet with a picture. Uh, guys, I think the biggest thing to take away from this tweet is that Harrison Ford doesn't look like he's miserable making a movie. Like he actually looks like he's happy to be there in that moment with Anthony Mackie. And that's always a good start. Uh, Brave New World. It's funny. I think this is a comic series, right? Like, wasn't Brave New World something along those lines? I mean, I know everybody's there's some people that are reacting like New World Order was terrible or was perfect. It didn't need to be changed. Like it was dark and menacing. And we changed it to Brave New World. Um, do you think this means that there's some change in tone to the film that happened? Or do you think this is just a, a name change because, you know, marketing? DP, what what say you? Oh, I'm sure it just had something to do with marketing. I mean, unless it's, you know, specifically trying to, uh, you know, be a direct thing from a comic or, or something where they're trying to use, you know, like Flashpoint or, you know, like something specific to a, you know, to a set from the comics. I mean, I, I think generally this is just a, a title that they just were working out and tried, decided what they wanted to use because a lot of right. They just use kind of a generic oh, title yeah. in a lot of cases, you know, until they finally come up with, okay, now here we go. Now's our, our big release. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, tone or anything in the movie. I think it's just, you know, them finally landing on the title they want to use moving forward for, for where they're going with the new captain America. Dave, Dave, you're a lawyer. You you have some insider inside baseball on this. Kevin Nash sued, didn't he? That's what it was. Uh, the Brave New World Order? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Turner, Turner sued. I don't believe so. <laughs> I seriously doubt it. Uh, Do you I, think it's just a cosmetic name change? I yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure why they. I mean, maybe New World Order does have some connotations of just you know from from wrestling from other things that are just like eh, it's not really them taking over as it is, you know, a brave new world with, uh, with, uh, and I'm not finding anything story-wise. It sounds like a familiar title of a story. Arc. Yeah. It sounds like it would have been a captain America. Yeah. Title, I guess. But I can't find anything on it. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does the, uh, the evolution of Sam Wilson as, uh, as the new captain America and him, you know, when we saw it all through Falcon and winter soldier reluctant to the point of refusing it for, all but the final episode and then embracing that that role um you know we're going to need it we're going to need a captain america in this next phase of avengers sooner or later so this i'm sure is his story as how as he takes that next step towards 
becoming the leader that we all need him to be because stuff's about to get messed up again. Very, very true. Tony, final thought on this new title. Like it, hate it, indifferent, don't care. It's all Star Wars. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I know. I'm very I don't funny. know. I, I don't know. It, it, it makes sense, though, because in a positive way, we're finally getting it's like oddly enough, I'll compare Anthony Mackie taking over Captain America to Barack Obama becoming the first black president of the United States. Like it means something. It has significance, I think personally. Um, so it is a brave new world to be able to finally coexist and accept people for who they are and not worry about, can a black guy do this? Can a Latino do that? Why is a white person doing this? You know, like once we can erase all of that and move forward, that's, that's when things start to become better. So I'm, I'm happy that we're finally able to see a bunch of different sides of the coin in positive ways. Well said. I like that. And that is where we'll leave that little topic and jump over to the DC universe where a story broke this week. And I'm going to just lay it out here early, Joe. It's from a Reddit thread. So take this for what it's worth when we talk about the reliability of Reddit. Um, I do love that this article from onetakenews.com leads with the rumors are true. After first appearing on the DCEU leaks Reddit rumor thread and fresh off heaps of early praise for The Flash, Andy Muschietti, director of The Flash, has been tapped to direct The Brave and the Bold for DC Studios, according to, quote, multiple sources. However, Warner Brothers did not respond to One Take News' multiple requests for comment. I don't know what to make of this, guys. We haven't even seen The Flash yet. The Flash is getting mixed to positive reviews. Nobody's really blowing the doors off of the film. You know, I think the highest one I saw on Metacritic the last time I looked was, what, like an 85? Somebody gave it an 80. I don't know. There's probably higher reviews out there. Uh, there's There are some, I mean, there's some really negative reviews on this film as well as the 40. Um if this guy really is slated to direct the brave and the bold, that's really got to be kind of determined. I would think after we see how this film does and if it has the longevity to stay, I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but uh, I don't know. What do you make of this rumor that the flash director, Andy Muschietti is also, also on tap to take on, I'm going to start with Dave because I'm, I'm willing to bet again, Dave, well, Dave and DP, where where DP representing the, the the Batman logo might have a little bit more insider baseball knowledge on what this story is and and whether or not the Brave and the Bold as a story is is because I'm assuming it's a Justice League story is that correct? I heard the Brave and the Bold supposed to be and Tony back me up on this cross referencing we're all cross referencing each other today but I think this is the story about uh, Batman and his son Damien and 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 oh, what, they're, yes. what they're doing with that I don't think it's a Justice oh, so League story. Deep- so DP, um, back that up. So what do you know about it? Since you, uh, I I know that uh, I was more of a uh, Days of Our Lives fan uh, rather than the Brave and the Bold. I think that was another one, right? <laughs> young and the Restless, right, Dan? Uh, uh, right. <laughs> oh, that's it. Young and the Restless, whatever it was. Bold and the Beautiful, I think. Was, uh, I, yeah, I, as, uh, the only part I know is <laughs> the story is is that's more about, uh, uh, yeah, Bruce Wayne finding out he has a son and they're trying to build that relationship together 
Um, and it's more directed towards a Batman movie than it is Justice League. And that's one of the stories. The Brave and the Bold was a series that started, I believe, in the 50s to get team-ups going. Re- well, rethought again in the 90s. But if that's one of the main stories, then that's probably what they're looking the Brave at. Brave and the Bold was actually where the Justice League was formed. And there's a three-story arc in Brave and Bold where it, yeah. they really, that's where they formed. But yeah, as far as Andy directing this right now, Metacritic's got the Flash sitting right at 60. 31 reviews in, so it's it's solidly yellow. Um and like you're saying, Pat, I mean, we're getting, we're getting mixed to good reviews. We're going to have to, you know, see what happens once the fans get a hold of it. Fans haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, if I don't doubt that James Gunn probably feels a certain way about uh, what the flash is. And, and, and if he felt really strongly about it, then, you know, he, he might tag the same guy to do one of his movies. I think, you know, getting directors in place early on in this process, not a bad idea. I'm I seriously doubt that the flash is going to be terrible. You know, there may be aspects of it that we don't like that's to be expected, but yeah, I, I think, you know, gun just looking to delegate responsibility, get people that he trusts into these movies. And, and, you know, Batman is, is of course going to be a key point of the DCU is what they're calling it now. I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think it's possible. I mean, there could be smoke to this uh, fire, not to say well, I mean, if the, if the story is not good, who cares who's directing it? Yeah, right, right. No yeah, it's, not gonna, it's not going to matter if the story. I think in a lot of that case. Yeah, they, we'll we'll find out how I how 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 it goes um, come next week when if I have to admit that the Flash was a good movie, I will. If I have to jump around and say that it's not good, uh, I'll be here for that too. Tony believes that I'm going to come in here just raving about this movie. I I will see. Um, it's an equally good chance, Tony and I come in here man. saying. Damn it. So close. No, I doubt it. I honestly don't think it'll be. I, I, I think it'll definitely be better than either iteration of the Justice League uh, because I and, and I say that it, and I, maybe I'm biased. I, I mean, I'm definitely biased because I hated those. Like well documented on. We'll, we'll have to see. But I do think it's just an interesting call. And I, I feel like it's very similar to what was done with the Russos. Right. Like the Russos were given Captain America Winter Soldier and then given Civil War, and, and that's how we ended up with them doing in-game and in, or Infinity War and in-game. So I, it's probably not a surprise that, that it can happen if they feel that confident about it. That was the, the feeling around uh, Winter Soldier was that they did such a good job with Winter Soldier and Civil War that, that they, and they felt good enough that they, they offered them the job relatively quickly after those films hit. So anything right. could happen. I, right. I just... I just don't know enough about this guy as a director to know whether or not it's the right call. And I'll, and I'll be, you know, and I think that's the most fair thing that I could say is like, if this is a great movie. I'll probably come back again next week and be like, Oh yeah, he did a great job. Let it go. So, I think, isn't that what we're all rooting for though? Like we're rooting for this. Oh, I really so want this. Like, to be man, a movie. I, I hope this guy knocks it out of the park and he's the main director guy and guns, the main creative guy. And you know, there's just, it's just too much good shit that they could do that they haven't done right that we need to see. I agree. I agree 1000%. And, and this is part of, you know, we talk about goodwill in the other direction. There's a lot of not goodwill with DC films. And it's, and that's kind of where we are and why we are where we are. So, all right. We're going to head into our second commercial break. Before we head off to our recorded commercials, it is my duty to remind you that if you love what we are doing here on the Chairshot Radio Network and the Chairshot.com, head over to Pro Wrestling Tees 
forward slash the chair shot and invest in one of our mini t-shirt designs. I happen to be wearing one today. I wear the bandwagon nerds official shirt. I am repping the swag. You can't see it because we don't do video because we're, you know, yeah, we're the John Cena's of podcasting networks. But one day, who knows, you will see my beautiful across the Spider-Verse background, you know, Tony's cats. That's always that's always possible. Maybe a dog at some point. Who knows? But that's future our that's future us's problem. Your problem is to get over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot and pick one of our awesome t-shirt designs. That is a big problem to have because there's so many great ones to choose from. Spend $19.99 or spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. Your skin will thank you. Your body will thank you. Feel great on your giblets. All right, we come back. A little bit more news out of the writer strike and then a return to the Deadpool. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network or the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick Down, PC Tony, David Ungar, and the returning EP. We've been talking and covering for quite some time about the Writers Guild strike that has been going on in Hollywood. This past week, news broke that SAG Studio Actors Guild has voted uh, this past Monday. They voted to authorize a strike if they do not agree on a new contract with major studios, streamers, and production companies by June 30th. This could potentially really blow things up even further than we already are uh, right now with the Writers Guild. I talked about this on a previous episode. This is something that could happen. Uh, Clearly, we have voted to authorize a strike. I had also mentioned the Directors Guild. If you look at this article, you do see that um, Sunday night, uh, not um, this previous Sunday night, the Directors Guild actually um, reached a, quote, truly historic tentative agreement with studios so while the terms haven't been disclosed seems like the directors guild board on tuesday um, is going to be uh taking a look at this agreement for approval and then going to membership for ratification so what could have been a triple triple whammy for the studios is right now only potentially a double whammy but i still think it's a huge deal you don't have writers you don't have actors what is next and you know Tony is long. You've long said you feel like this will be over by the end of the summer. Uh, does the addition of the Screen Actors Guild as a wrinkle and a potential strike on the 30th change your mind at all? No, it actually uh, reinforces my opinion of this. It, it just puts more pressure on the other side. And at some point, they're going to come to an agreement because you're not going to end the coexistence of media uh, you know, consumption in that nature altogether in America. It's just not going to happen. There's plenty of money the studios that can give back. Like maybe the actors make less. You know what, actors? If you're so dedicated, why don't you take a percentage of what you're making to pay for their health insurance then? Okay, put your money where your mouth is. Because when you have 50 to $100 million in the bank, it's real easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm taking some time off too. Fuck you guys. You know what I'm saying? This whole story, though, to me, has gone into the category for me of the price of gas. When people ask me if I watch the news, I say I turn on Sports Center every fucking day. 
Do I look at the price of gasoline when I fill up my car? No, because I'm going to fill it up anyway. So why be miserable? This falls into the category for me that I understand people are struggling and trying to make things right for them in their own lives. But I just, I like to be happy. DP. I would definitely agree with PC Tunny on that, that I think it's going to be over. This just helps them or forces them to get this over sooner because people are joining this. And, you know, I think it's, they definitely should, you know, get paid what they deserve, what they think they need and and thing. And there it's just such a different world now with content for, you know, people to consume now that it's not necessarily just movies and TV. Now you got streaming everywhere. There's so much out there now that, you know, it's just a whole different atmosphere and a different way things are being consumed. And, you know, these people have been dealing with that, trying to work through this and, aren't getting what they feel is, is appropriate. And that's, I think that's fine. And then, you know, get them what they need. Like PC said, you know, wherever it takes, you know, Hey, you actors, you know, feel like that, then, you know, yeah. Take a little bit money or whatever. Cause these guys are the ones that are making you look like stars too. You know, that's as only as good as the writing is. I think we said that earlier too, right? doesn't matter how, how great you can act. If the script is shit, it's going to be shit. And, you know, so let's get them out there and whatever. The only positive I see, in, for, for at least for me, is if it does carry on, I could finally catch up some catch up on some of the shit I've been missing. So I got a long list of stuff that's out there that's so good. There's so much great content, and you just can't get to it. Uh, so you know, uh, if there's a couple months here where <laughs> we don't get something new, uh, it's okay for me. But it's like, yeah, you know, these I I, I would feel for these people if i didn't feel like i was being compensated uh, the way i felt i deserved and and so good on them and let's let's get it done and let's get back to making some some great great shows that have been on for so damn long dave your thoughts well i i think yeah like dan and tony are saying it's uh it's it's a question of leverage right now i think you've got the you've got the one guild uh on strike you know the writers struck and the studio is is still you know they're when you're looking at the dynamics of the situation and from a power a position of power for negotiating, um, you know, the studios have the high ground to steal from Revenge of the Sith. Act, adding in the Screen Actors Guild levels the playing field a little bit, you know, and now you've got a second big organization that can throw all their resources, all their publicity, all their reach behind this united front to try and level the playing field. So I tend to agree with Tony. It probably speeds up the process. Because now you're looking at the well running drier a little bit quicker than it otherwise would. And and yeah, just from a negotiating bargaining standpoint, now you've got these two unions who can, you know, put all the weight of their lobbyists behind the situation, get the studio to the table a little bit quicker. Hopefully this gets resolved a little bit faster. Patrick, you mentioned like a possible deal, right? Coming and from, from uh, the a- director, the director's guild reached a tentative deal with the studios that uh, is going to be put before their board on Monday. So the day that this show drops it would, uh, before the board, I feel like, you know, think about football free agency and, and specifically like if you take one position, sometimes it just takes one domino to fall for the rest of the guys to get signed because once there's a precedent, it's easier to work from that. So I definitely think that helps the process speed up a little bit. It might. I will say that once the news broke about that, that both um, both the Writers Guild and Actors Guild congratulated the director's group 
Though specific points of the GGA term, the Writers Guild Association also said that its bargaining positions remain the same. So they didn't change. Now, some of the individual Writers Guild members said the deal, like outside of the, the union, say, are not happy about it. Uh, and feel like this is something that is um, hurting the writers. So, I mean, the quote, zero surprise. The AMPTP continues to use their tired old playbook, and the DGA sadly continues to toe the line, knowing that they can draft off of the WGA's resolve to strike for a truly, truly historic deal. Disappointing, but not surprising. So, not all love and happiness, and uh, and you know, victory flares being shot up from the Writers Guild folks at the very least, as they are. Quite, you know, some of them are feeling a little sold out. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Obviously, when the and when this thing ends, we're going to talk about what it ends too. Like that's just it's it's what we do, and hopefully, we'll have terms of a deal to look at because it really you know this is all about streaming and all about residual for a lot of these artists and writers and you know, the way even and the and the way that you know. Very much so for television more than film in the the concept of, you know, once upon a time, if a show got picked up for a pilot, you were probably looking at 20 some episodes of writing if you're part of that writer's room. Whereas now, depending on the platform and the the production company, maybe you're only looking at eight because you're on a streaming service. Maybe you're only looking at 12 and what does a residual look like when you're on a streaming exclusively? Like when you're a writer on the boys and I stream that eight dozen times that show, watch it over and over and over again. It's not like when it would be purchased and aired on a television network, like the CW where you get residuals from that repeat or TBS. Like writers and friends still make money from TBS because TBS airs their shows in syndication in perpetuity. Like you get residuals, maybe, maybe a little bit, but it's still, it's money. So isn't that the problem though? Because there's no metric or equation to make right. that like that. Right? And that's, I mean? what they're, that's what they're striking about is they want a better deal for how that, whether it's a metric or just a difference in how they get paid. And I mean, their proposal, according to what they're saying, and again, this is their spin is a dr- literal drop in the bucket for the production. So yeah, I would be, uh, I'd be surprised if you get the public terms, if when this thing resolves, oh, no, no, they're no. not going to give. It. Yeah, you're probably right. So, all right, let's head into Dan, our Dan last had something to comment seg- on. OD? Oh, that's fine. I was just saying, that's where I was taking it. Uh, when I was saying, you know, it's, it's a new world of, st- you know, with, with streaming right. and everything that, so, you know, so, you don't so, get to see that you don't get those residuals exactly the way it was. And, and so it's a completely different world. We need to adjust that. It's a brave new world, Dan. Ring the or fucking bell. New world order. Bell. Ring the fucking bell. I'll ring a bell. There's your bell. Enjoy your bell. All right. Let's head into the final segment of this week's show. I'm assuming everybody here is going to see the flash. We confirmed that earlier, which means it's time for another edition of the Deadpool. Who among you still fears death? What's wrong with you? I say you, he did. You will die alone. A dead meat. And all that I am is dead already. She said that every living creature on Earth dies alone. I've been dead once already. Diane ain't much of a living boy. Death is a natural part of life. 
Death comes for us all, Rokusaki. Death is but a door. Time is but a window. I'll be back. I don't understand why people have to die. Wee, wee, wee. You know, you don't have to make that pissy face every time the end of the intro comes in because you lost. You lost fair and square, too. Like, you lost fair and square. Fair and square. Kids, for those of you who can't see, PC Tony has got boo-boo face over over losing his his, his death, uh, his Deadpool sequence. Uh, hey, you know what? If you if you want out, that's fine. I know you love this segment. It's like your favorite no, segment of the show. No, I was going to play mine. <laughs> no, you're not. I know. I'm not. I didn't. I'm, I'm going to mute you. It's I fine. I, I have buttons, too. I, I respectfully, behind the scenes, displayed my discourse. It was judged fairly by one little O'Dowd, and decisions were reached. So, okay, we are here. The Flash hitting theaters this weekend. I'm going to see it on Friday with the little O'Dowd Friday evening. We are actually sitting in kind of our favorite section of the theater up the very top, center-ish. It's where we love to see the whole thing. Uh, and so I'm very, very excited to do this. Uh, Dave, what are you, Dave, are you awake? Are you, are you seeing it this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> he started from yelling at that cloud. Yeah, that cloud wore me out. Did you drift Sorry, off? Dave. Sorry, Dave. I, no. I take comedy. sinuses are being bugging me French. today. Oh. Right. Okay. That's right. Take what do you go to take, see the Flash, buddy? Take a Benadryl. Don't. Yeah, that'll help. Um, I don't know yet. I got to work on that this week to work around my work schedule and see when we can get out there. Probably Saturday, I'm guessing. Wow. So, wow. Wow. Just, um. Wow. Work on it? Work on it? Tony, did you have uh, to work on it? Uh, DP and I are going to go at 2 p.m. Central um, Saturday. Along with, the Dillon, along with the Dillonator. Uh, I, I'm still disappointed we're not in 3D, but I hope this is good, Patrick. Like, all all, all show kind of personality, kind of playing character aside, I, I hope it's good. Um, there's part of me that knows that it might not be, but, man, I just... The, Flashpoint is such a great story, and I hope they do it, for lack of a better word, justice. I see what you did there. Look at you go. Uh, DP, so we know when you're going to see, what do you actually hope out of this movie? Like, is, is it kind of the same thing? Like, what are you looking for out of this film? Because this film has been talked about for so long now, too. Do we have to ask DP the important Batman question, though, that we've been asking everybody that Dave and I have been arguing? Oh, about? yeah. Well, yeah. So we will ask that question in a moment. Let's start with what do you want to get out of this? Film? Well, again, I just want to I want a, a good movie out of DC. You know, we've had a lot of bad ones that, you know, this one has an opportunity again, and I'm I'm always on board to to watch them because as much as they can continually to kind of be bad, I want it to turn around and be really really good because I do enjoy on in my opinion. I honestly DC I like more than Marvel, but Marvel is just better movies, so you know that's the case. But uh, Batman's still will always be my favorite character, and I you know <clears throat> this is a there's a potential here with with Flashpoint and what the story is that you know. They're talking about resetting the universe a little bit, you know, and, and, you know, new character or new, maybe new actors playing the characters or whatever, you know, a new, a new kind of a new path forward. Um, and I'm kind of hoping that they do something like that. Maybe it's, it's just, even if it's just visually to the, the fans and everything, like, Hey, we're taking this in a different direction a little bit. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're working on making these movies better or something like that. And just in general, 
general would be really cool to see. And just just a great movie. I would really like to see a great movie. I think it has the potential. <laughs> Michael Keaton coming back, playing the Batman, you know, character is just kick ass. So I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. So oh, is that follow up and, right and to that, the question? And yeah. and that segues very nicely into the debate where it got a little heated a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't here to referee things, uh, discussing one of the one of the trailers. Um, Michael Keaton is Batman. Is it Bruce Wayne Batman or is it Thomas Wayne Batman? That is a very good question. It is, uh, my opinion, it is Thomas Wayne. Oh! There we go. There we go. Oh, no. Flash he's, he's about to get rid of so taking, 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 Unfollowing you. So, uh, if this... <laughs> So I, I will say I'm, I'm unfollow on my IMDb. one tweet a, a year. I, I am on IMDb right Such now. According to IMDb, it has Bruce Wayne's name next to Michael Keaton. It says Batman slash Bruce Wayne. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, we're not going to have this fight again. Mommy and Daddy, don't don't put it away. We're not we're not having that fight because we're here to talk Deadpool. And this is this is DP's first go around on the Deadpool. So let's talk a little bit about this. Basically, after Infinity War concluded and after Endgame concluded, we came to the decision that as we start to cycle out old characters, bring in new characters, we figured people would have to die. Now, unfortunately, our track record so far has been pretty terrible with picking deaths as Marvel does not have the balls to like fully kill off a character. Yeah, we keep trying really hard. We tried to kill off Michelle Pfeiffer. Didn't work in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. We tried to kill off... Who did we try to kill off in... Um, Guardians? Rock, Rocket. Of, Rocket. Guardians. We tried to kill off Guardians Everybody. and Rockets. Tony tried to kill off all Drax. the Guardians. I think I tried to kill off Quill. Like, none of them died. Like, you know, we, we all thought for sure Drax was... We were all like, Drax is done. And then, you know, we end Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And jump, it's just jump. like, ah, they're like the Beatles. They just broke up. So who knows? Maybe Mark David Chapman will find one of them in a dark alley somewhere. We'll have to see. Wow, yeah, you I actually I went, went there. there. I did. I went there. <laughs> um, here's what's really interesting about this. And I, I want to put a caveat. So what we do, DP, is we basically, we're each going to go around the room and we're going to pick somebody different who we think is going to die in the film. I am instigating, uh, or um, not instigating, I am I'm keeping the Aesop rule where you can't pull the Kang argument where a Kang will die, not the Kang will die. That is a terrible, I hate that it is against the spirit of the game. And so you're not here to hear it, but fuck off Aesop and your a Kang will die. Uh, two. I remember listening given, to that one. I remember listening to the episode. I was going to tell you, I was going to say, didn't Aesop get it right when Kang died? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we know. Uh, he let us know here. Here's number two. And I, I'm going to put this, this one is actually specific to the flash. Do we consider Barry's parents eligible or ineligible for this? Ineligible. 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 I thought about that for a split second going, yeah, you know, his mom dies. She fucking dies like a fucking billion times. I mean, in every fucking storyline of The Flash. So no way, in my opinion. I think she's she's eligible. If if he brings her back to life and she's clearly brought back to life, even in the trailers, does she die again? Okay, well, then then, uh, then that's one of my people in the Deadpool. <laughs> I think that's a question of Same a multiple bet. the multiverse type of stuff, she right? Is at some point in, in this, this other universe they're alive. Here's another question. Whether Michael Keaton's Thomas or Bruce, do Bruce's parents Bruce. die? Absolutely. They're not are they even in they're not even in this. I'm that's, pretty sure they're gonna be, be a in character it. in it. So here's here's what I here's how I'm gonna base here's what I'm gonna base this off of, by the way. 
is I'm basing this off of the IMDb character listing that we have in front of us. So this is what, and this is all the information that's shared. So if you want to bring up IMDb and cast, the characters I see listed, probably I, I, what I would argue are the top billing cast. We've got Supergirl. We've got Batman slash Bruce Wayne. We've got Barry Allen slash The Flash. We have Batman slash Bruce Wayne, the Michael Keaton edition. We have General Zod. We have Feora UI. I don't know who that is. Um, anybody knows that, who that isn't character that Zod's is? The female? Is that the general? Yeah, the like her, her yeah, is number two. I, I think that it's Zod. Was she two. was she in Batman? Was she in the she, Superman? Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Okay, I'll double check. So Steel. she's back. Ron Livingston is taking over the role of Henry Allen. Uh, used to be uh, somebody else. It was like Billy Crudup or somebody, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, Tamora Morrison is making an appearance as Tom Curry somewhere. That's interesting. You have Kiersey Clemens playing Iris West. I think that's important to pay attention to. And if you look a little bit further down, Nora Allen, Patty Spivitt, Albert Desmond, and then another Iris in this film as well. So a little bit of intrigue. And then a finally, Little Barry is kind of where I cut this off. So there is kind of a plethora of names in front of you so to be able to pick there. But what you're going to is you're going to make a call on who your character is that you predict to die in the Deadpool. Don't pick half the cast. You get one. Like, we don't need, you know, Tony who's, like, throwing his hands up because he'll, he'll pick, like, the entire cast. That way he can go around and claim that he won when he just picked everybody available. You get one, sir. You get one. But you they're all going to die. But you have one. Uh, uh, so make it count. Yep. Make it one. Um, and then after we've all made a pick, we're then going to come to a consensus based on making odds. Basically, what are our odds that that character will actually buy it in the film? So with that being said, we will start this week randomly with DP as the new guy. Who do you predict to be one to die in the flash? The new guy, but old guy. Fucking new guy. Um, new well, new uh, to the game. Other than expecting... Barry Allen's parents or mom to die. Uh, I will take Michael Keaton and the, what I believe is Thomas Wayne, Batman. Keaton Batman was on my list of possibilities. So, way to go. You snaked it. I, I feel like he's going to be, I feel like his character is going, if it, I, I do believe it's still going to be Thomas Wayne, but maybe they go a different way. But I think, you know, when, when Barry comes back, comes to that universe or whatever, he's going to let him know that his, you know, that Bruce is alive in his universe. He's going to be happy to know that. And, you know, he's going to sacrifice himself at the end to get the flash back to his real world. Hey, and look at that. He even had like reasons. I'm impressed, man. You worked way too hard on this. All right, David Ungar, you're next in the randomizer. Who do you predict? Uh, General Zod. He's got to go because he's the focal point of the battle. He's already been dead once so you might as well kill him again um i i don't see a scenario where supergirl slash and once clark gets involved how zod walks out of here surviving so he's he's my number one pick by the way did you see michael shannon's comments about replaying the role he was just like yeah. i didn't really want to yeah but you took the fucking <laughs> money didn't you so yeah he sure did well, you know, bitch got to get paid, man. Yeah, I don't blame him, man. You can be culturally saying, ah, this isn't what Man of Steel was. That's fine. But you still took the money. PC Tunney. <clears throat> I like Dave's pick. Um, 
that's my way of only picking one. Um, I, I I really enjoyed the way the CW Flash series ended, and I forgot to bring this up last week when we talked about this for a while. Oh, you is, did. did I bring it up on the show? Yeah, about how the series ended. With but but I think like I want I would love the movie to do the part where we send off three different new speedsters from Flash's powers. That's kind of how that series ended. I think I forgot to mention that part. But if I can only pick one person for my official pick here, um, Supergirl will die in this. Oh. Bold call, but is it as bold as my pick? Because I'm picking OG Barry Allen. I'm telling Zod, Barry Allen, and and Supergirl are all going to die. I'm going with OG Barry Allen. I think alternate Barry Allen that he runs into in this universe in this universe survives, but OG Barry Allen, who goes back in time in the first place, whether he dies in his timeline or the other multiverse, he's my pick to go down. Uh, and then you can walk away from Ezra Miller, whether they do or not, because according to the director, he loves him and only Ezra Miller can play Barry Allen. Um, he, he's still my guy. Um, and maybe you go to Wally West and that's your way out of it. So who knows? That's why we play the Deadpool. All right. So there's our picks. DP with the Michael Keaton Batman. Dave picking General Zod. Tony goes with Supergirl and I go with OG Barry Allen slash The Flash. All right, we'll play a little odds makers. We'll start in reverse order. So Barry Allen, OG Barry Allen, odds that he dies in this. Throw some numbers out there. We'll go there. 100 to 1, 20 to 1. Uh, 5 to 1. 5 to 1. So he, what's that? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Dave, what do you got? Somewhere in there? Uh, I'll go 20 to 1. 20 to one. All right. Here's a, well, here's a, here's the thing. He can always come back as a part of the speed force. Like, Oh, it's Barry. No, I, I'm not Barry. I'm the speed force. Barry was absorbed by the speed. You know what I'm saying? There's always that right. kind of catch 22 with him. Well, here's the, here's the thing is with you guys making it nice and neat with numbers that tally out and consensus means that we're saying 10 to one. And I like those odds. I'm down with that. So I think 10 to one Barry Allen goes down. DC Tunney. You picked Supergirl, so you'll sit this one out. We'll put out the odds this time. I, I think this is like 1,500 to 1. I don't think she's going to die at all. I, I don't see this as, as likely. Story, story, actual story be damned. There's too much to gain with keeping her around. So that's that's my that's my pick out there. Dave, um, I'll go to you. I'll go 100 to 1. I won't go quite that far out like you are, Pat. But I think the odds are long against Supergirl being offed in this thing what do you think dp unless it's a one-off character and they're not going to do more with her but i feel like that's just another one they can add in uh going forward so i mean i would i'd probably agree with like the 100 to 1 all right so tony why do you why why do you think she's gonna die i guess is the is the question for you since i didn't really you put it out there um i don't know i just kind of throw in my google uh who dies in the flash movie you guys want to go ahead and do that oh so google is predicting that or no, I just, just go ahead. What shows up when you do that? <laughs> Wait a well, second. That's not fun. So you, so you took all the fun out of the game and now your, your pick is disqualified because you spoiled the movie by checking Google. You asked me why I told you, I tried not to tell you. Ah, all right. then. Well, so I don't buy it. Was it from the direct? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> All right, we're still going to put it at we're going to put it at a one hundred to one, and we'll go 
to um, our last choice, which is PP and his choice of, uh, oh no, sorry, go to Dave and his choice of General Zod, which, yeah, two to one. I'm going to say two to one. Two to one. (laughs) Two to one. I I don't even know if you should get a dollar or you should get two dollars for the one dollar you bet. Like a three to two. Three to two. Like That's a three, three to two is a better. Right. I like that better. Yeah, yeah. After actors, uh, you know, uh, glorious portrayal of how he enjoyed the, playing the character, I would say like one to five. Uh, actually, just looking here, first, first line from the fucking direct. So there you it's go. The direct. The direct. That's so awesome. It is. I look back again. And so it's the fuck that. But it's a direct anyway. quote from the. It's a direct quote from the director, though. The direct quote from the there direct, you know. is that it? It is. We can see Supergirl, this Supergirl, okay. Sasha Kelly, and the future projects. We might, because that's how multiverse works. That doesn't no, mean they're killing so, her hold off. Hold on, hold on. It's clearly explained by Bruce Wayne. No. It's like spaghetti. Bruce Wayne, by the way. Bruce. It's B-R-U-C-E. Five letters. I know how to spell it. I-T. He is a scientist. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and he lets us know about that as much as Greg lets us know he's a promoter. So, so here it says it right I, here on my name. He does. Right so I'm going to read this quote out loud. I'm going to read this quote out loud because this is people assuming death. Well, the great thing about the multiverse about multiverse is that Supergirl lives in a million other timelines, right? So nobody should. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but whatever happens to Supergirl in this movie should not be taken as the absolute truth. Well, that's the problem. We can see Supergirl, well, that's what I was saying Supergirl before. Sasha Kelly in future projects. We might because that's how the multiverse works. That doesn't gotta, say that she dies. So I, I, I've just got to be the direct guy. I got to be the direct guy. You are. You are. You're representing the direct brand, and it's shitty journalism. We got. We got three to two or two to one on General Zod. What are your odds on General Zod dying? I, I, oh, I go with three to two. Oh, sorry. Tom. Oh no, I didn't know who that was for. It's to you. So three I had one, to two. I had one to five. One to five. So even money really taken low. <laughs> one to one. <laughs> For all one I'd say, one. even money, right? Right. It's it seems pretty. Uh, yeah, I just like he seems like the catalyst for whatever's going on there, but not not the end all. All right, and that brings us to to DP. Uh, his choice was uh, Keaton's Batman as the character to die. Which again, if you look at Tony and uh, Tony and DP, they both took. Two of the three from the team up, and actually, I took the third or one of the third. So, uh, we've all three picked a, a hero to, to die in some way. Dave, we'll uh, Tony, we'll start with you. Your your thoughts on Keaton's Batman being the one who buys it at the end uh, or in this film? Seven trillion to one. So, Tony is a no way, no how. Dave, there's no reason. Girl. What what's the reason to kill Ben Affleck or Mike and Ke- Michael Keaton's Batman? Oh, I can. What's for the emotional impact that you will get from that scene? I've, I'm putting it's this a multiverse. Th- I'm it's putting the multiverse th- idea. Yeah, I put this at three to one. Whether it's Thomas or Bruce, I think that you, the emotional impact of that scene will resonate. I mean, it's not going to be equivalent to Iron Man dying, but oh, it'll be close. And Tom's going to sacrifice himself. No, we will if not. Tom's, a dude who was in a movie 40 years ago and you're saying that's you big. Right. Oh, get out of this Sorry, damn podcast. Sorry. If it was, here's the thing about Swain and this Batman movie. dying, because I think the odds are long. Like, I am with Tony. Now, I'm not going to go 7 trillion to 1. If it was, I would actually buy it harder if it was Affleck and his Batman that you picked because of who he was. 
to OG Barry Allen versus Keaton Batman, who is just a guy, really, to this Barry Allen. Like he's Batman, but he's not the same. He's not. It's not his Batman. So wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if George Clooney showed up unannounced and they killed that Batman? Because that, that's that what would, everybody that really wants. That would be good. Like that's that the would be Batman that would be something right? else. Unanimously, no. George Clooney. And not even close. he shows up with a bat suit with nipples on him, and they kill him right oh, on the, the spot. Suit, yeah. yeah, you got to have, got to have the nipple suit. Tear him off. Well, Clo- Clooney, Clooney was was very clear that he definitely took that for the paycheck. So, all right, so we're gonna we're not gonna go seven trillion to one. Uh, Dave, you said three to one. I'm gonna take this up and 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 say this is. I think this is a fifty to one at best. Like. If we average that, that it's works. like a billion to one. Right. So we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go that hard, but there you have it, folks. Something like a billion to money. one. If anybody ever gives you a million to one odds, you take it. Right. Uh, General Zod, we got it three to two. Supergirl, hundred to one. Barry Allen, the OG Barry Allen, ten to one. That has been another edition of the Deadpool. Well done, gentlemen. Love this segment. Glad that we that we've been doing it. It's really worked out. Let's so see. see, we got it all wrong on Marvel. Let's see how well we do at DC for the first time. We've been, we have, somebody's got to win at some point. We're going to win the Deadpool of fake funny money. Uh, we'll get a no prize to quote Stan Lee, something like that. It'll be great. Uh, but until that day happens, we'll just keep predicting people to kick the bucket uh, in film form. So, all right. We're done with this week's show. Let's do a quick once around. Tell everybody where they can find you on the socials and on the Chair Shot Radio Network. This week, we will start to my right on my screen with Mr. P. Tunney. Yeah, follow me at PC Tunney and continue to listen to everything Chair Shot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Down to my right, lower right-hand corner, Mr. Scientist DPP. You can find me all over the worldwide social media interwebs at It's Me DPP, as well as uh, the DWI podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network. And that brings us to you, the lawyer, David Ungo. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. We can't do it this week, Tony, because he's here. Come on, just do it. All right. But somebody else isn't here. That's right. Somebody else is not here. So this week only, it's a special, a blue light special. Send your hate tweets. If we've said anything that has really pissed you off, especially with the Deadpool, send your hate tweets this week to at it's Ray Cash. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy indeed. And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Be sure to follow the show as well on the Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds. I think we're going to start doing another follow-up to the Deadpool where we pull our choices and let people pick who is most likely to die. I like that. I think it's kind of fun. Thought about it right here on the show in the moment. The you let, can catch me every... fans vote whether it's Thomas. Or... Hell yeah. We're not having that vote. I don't need a Twitter fight. You can find me on the Chairshot Radio Network every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mondays talking nerdy stuff with these guys. Tuesdays with David Ungar talking hockey and soon to be talking music on musical chairs. Wednesdays talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself up out of the basement. Get some sun. Actually, wait a second before I do that. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. I love seeing you it's been forever it's been too long and we'll get you back soon i hope 
In so the, thank you. In the words of uh, in the words of coming to America, I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. Now get yourself out of the get your son. Check out the Flash in theaters. Vote in the Deadpool. It's all going to be there. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Cornerstone, what are you doing? I need to use this machine so I can watch a tape for a story run. Well, I'm using the tape. I'm showing I'm showing Jeffrey here my Emmy tape. We are watching history. Mr. Burgundy, I'm a professional, and I would like to be able to do my job. Well, well, big deal. I am very professional. Mr. Burgundy, you are acting like a baby. I'm not a baby. I'm a man. I am an anchor man. You are not a man. You are a big fat joke. I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. You're just a woman with a small brain. With a brain a third the size of us. It's science. I will have you know that I have more talent and more intelligence in my little finger than you do in your entire body, sir. You are a smelly pirate hooker. You look like a blueberry. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Well, you have bad hair. What did you say? I said your hair looks stupid. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.